As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Charles Scott and I here on Financial Choices Matter, because they do, and we appreciate your time. We're going to talk about financial dictionary, some glossary terms, if you will, this go around. I got a couple of good ones here. We're going to let Charles explain some buzzwords to us that we are hearing so that we know what they are when they come across us. Uh, Charles, but uh, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Uh, we're great. Thank you, Mark. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's springtime in Arizona, yeah. which is kind of nice. I'm and, sure it's lovely. Uh, I, I don't like being cold in the wintertime. If anybody <laughs> knows me, they know I bitch about it all the time. Well, that's um, why you're in Arizona, probably. That's part of it. I still get cold here, but I can live with it. So it's Man, right. if you get cold, oh, that's rough. What? No, I know that. I know. I'm a, yeah. It's, yeah you're you're a cold-natured fella. Well, listen, I got to ask you a question. A little getting to know you fun here to open up the show. Um, what's your go-to restaurant? You got Have you got a favorite place that you like to go? <laughs> and, and are you back to going there? And what's going on? I guess it depends on the craving. I mean, honestly, no. Do we have a place that we always want to go? Always, always, no. If it's okay. pizza, there's one in downtown Phoenix that we love. It's called The Parlor. Mm-hmm. It's just for those of you that are in the Valley. It's at 19th Street and Camelback. Uh, it's called The Parlor. It's got different pizza. It's very interesting. Do do um, love some pizza. Pizza is good. It's called, it's called The Parlor because it used to be a beauty parlor. Okay. And it's just really fun and interesting interesting food good you know so gotcha and, and great staff and, and a really cool place there's something that i miss here food wise okay and that is and i've said this to everybody that we've ever met i think in arizona is is there any really good fish and chips and the answer is usually just stupefied look on their face and they go well no 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 not really yeah or they'll say oh try this and we'll go try that and it's like oh sorry <laughs> uh, I'm from the Northwest, man. So right. we have to, there's there's a really good spot in in San Diego that when we're ever we're over there we go to, and when we go to Seattle to to see friends, um, I might be there three or four days, and I'll go to Ivor's Seafood Bar at least two or three times. So mm, okay, well it's if interesting. They only brought how, it to the valley. I'd be a happy camper. Right. Well, not. you know they're a little bit different in the the proximity to to the fish as well. <laughs> so ah, uh, no, it's okay. It it still works. I yeah. mean, they could do it here. You can get it here. F- you know, if you catch it in the morning, you can have it at lunch. It well, that's on. true. It goes I, I just, on an airplane. I think we tend to think of, uh, you know, I don't. just the, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest is a bit more fishy. <laughs> well, no, it's absolutely fishy. And yeah. I grew up in a grocery business. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, yeah. I, now you got me thinking about pizza. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and do some financial dictionary. Uh, we won't do like pepperoni, sausage, things of that nature. But I'll give you some financial terms, Charles. You give us what they mean in case we don't know exactly what they are. Uh, we talked about this on last podcast. I actually mentioned yeah. the go-go years. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about the 60s and the boots. So what am no. I talking about? <laughs> it's not Leda Edmonds Jr. for those of you that, <laughs> that do or don't remember. Uh, was, what was the TV show she was on? Hullabaloo. That there you go. Me. Or Goldie Hawn uh, used to wear them and on yeah, uh, yeah. Last Man and all yeah. that stuff. Go-go years. Those are the first years when you retire. I, it's There's three of them, in case you haven't ever heard this before. Go-go, slow-go, no-go. And it's just as you age. In the, when you first retire, you really want to go do stuff. So you're going all the time. You know, it's, it's your bucket list. Then that slows down. 
but you're still going. So it's the slow go. And then at some point in time, it just is too much trouble to do it. And, or you can't do it because your health doesn't allow it. Um, And so it's the no-go thing. So those are kind, it's just an easy way to talk about the whole length of time retirement could be and how you want to plan for that, uh, both from a personal point of view, obviously, but from a financial point of view, how do we make, how do we make all this fit together? This is what we want to do. Most people just don't do as much when they're 90 that they did when they're 70. Right. They just, they just don't. It's a fact. I've heard a lot of advisors say, you know, the first five years is typically the go-go, maybe five to seven. You know, yeah. and then the next Something five like to seven is slow go. And then, you know, and, and it's like uh, in the first ones, you're going everywhere and you're traveling everywhere in the slow go. Maybe, the you know, you start having the grandkids come to you a bit more. Uh, and then in the no go, yeah. definitely not. You know, right. So it's at that point, it's, there's. Yeah, it's, it's going to depend on your health and your wealth. That's true. That's true. So. All right. Let's turn our attention to our next financial dictionary term, the high yield bond. Now, yeah. funny because the the producers actually put a couple things on this list. They actually put the same topic twice. They did because they call it the other one. They called it the other bond. term, right? Yeah, high yield. So we'll just yeah, talk about junk. both of them: the high yield bond, the junk bond. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's absolutely the same thing. It's a lower quality bond. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about bonds, but their bonds have quality ratings. Okay, uh, and to justify the lower quality rating you get a higher yield on the bond. So the high yield is that part of it. The junk it's bond riskier, if it basically, right? If it wasn't investment quality, you, they would call it junk. It didn't mean it was bad. It just meant it was the highest, wasn't the highest quality bond rating given gotcha. by the bond rating services. Okay. So, and the justification was I got a higher yield out of it. I got a higher dividend payment because I was taking theoretically more investment risk because it right. wasn't rated as highly. So yeah, and if you think about the terms, right, Charles? I mean, you know, it's they just they went Madison Avenue and gave it a makeover because high yield yeah. bond sounds a little nicer and more appealing than junk. Yeah, you know, but I, I don't know how many of you remember Michael Milken. He was the junk bond queen at Drexel Burnham Lambert, and uh, they he just he sort of created the whole industry of not bad quality, but just high yield bonds, mm-hmm. and you know, it was called junk back then. Yeah. So um, it's a, there's nothing wrong with them. Right. Especially if you own them, you know, if you buy a junk bond fund, you've got a whole gob of them. So you're, you know, you're very diversified inside that fund. Um, But it's just interesting terminology, but there was a reason behind it. So, uh, you know, it always makes me think about like life insurance, the term I'd heard years ago that, uh, (laughs) you know, they say they call it life insurance, especially back in the day, right? When it was originally, you bought it because when you passed, you know, yeah. you left something and there's like, well, we call it life insurance because if we called it death insurance, nobody would buy nobody it. Nobody would buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just a well, kind of a makeover, just kind of a, you know, a little bit yeah. uh, more appealing to the ear. It's marketing, baby. There you uh, go. Marketing 101. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this next one? What's an index fund? Oh, that's easy one. The most common index fund. An index fund is a, is a mutual fund or an ETF, exchange traded fund, that picks an index and then owns everything in that index. The easiest one of the the biggest one basically would be the S&P 500. So it owns all 500 stocks in the S&P 500 index. And so it just mimics, it's a clone of the index. Um, and, and there's a lot have, more indexes than people think, right, Charles? People, oh, there's thousands yeah, of them. Can, yeah. you can cre- I could create my own. Oh, it could okay. be it could be Charles's favorite index. Oh, and I could just put it or anything I want to. <laughs> kind of like your Spotify playlist. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I mean it, you can, you can do that if you're going to market it to other people and hope that they invest in it. Then that's a whole different story. Gotcha. But no, there are literally 
thousands and thousands of them. Um, they just haven't all manifested themselves into a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund. Okay. Um, and they, they, they make some sense if you want to try to pick a specific section of, of the investment market. I mean, we just talked about junk bonds. There's junk bond index funds. Gotcha. Right. Okay. I mean, you know, so yeah. there's, I mean, there's everything. There's imagine. everything under the sun, basically. Yeah. The other thing I would say about an index fund is you'll, if you buy them, expect, if you buy an S&P index fund, mm-hmm. expecting to outperform the index, you won't. So, because you own the index and there's a management fee that drags on the uh, performance. Gotcha. That doesn't mean they're bad. You just right. got to understand how they work. Like like every financial product or vehicle, there's, you know, there's pros and cons. They work yep. for different situations, different scenarios. There's typically, yep. you know, charges and fees and things of that nature. So, Absolutely. you have to have part of, you have to, you know, just have a plan and understand what the different pieces are doing. For, you know, in your plan, we say many times, you know, on the on the shows when we have a conversation, you know, do you know what you own and why you own it? Exactly. If yeah. you don't, somebody better if you didn't pick it. <laughs> right. And if, yeah, if you didn't, you know, hopefully your advisor's got a good explanation as to why they're going that route. And of course, if you, you know, if you're not getting that explanation, then maybe it's time to have a conversation or get a second opinion. And <laughs> so if you if you got some confusion around some of these glossary terms, some of these financial dictionary terms, or you just have some other ones you're not sure about, reach out to Charles, let him know, 480-513-1830. Hit the subscribe button for us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you like to use if you'd like to hear more shows as they come out. You can find it all at PelotonCapital.com. That's PelotonCapital.com. And we take email questions from there as well. So if you'd like to drop us a line, feel free to do so. And as a matter of fact, I got an email question for you to answer, Charles. So Aaron in Glendale, if you're listening to this podcast this week, here's your question. She says, I heard a guy advertising, Charles, that he specializes in retirement planning for people who have at least a million bucks or more. I do fall into that category, but I'm not sure if there's any actual speciality involved in that or if he's just looking for people with more net worth. Is that really a speciality that exists or am I correct? You are absolutely correct. It's great marketing potentially, but there's not a, I only work with high net worth designation kind of thing. It just okay. doesn't exist. They there's might not be the his alphabet. favorite clients. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. no, there's, so now the, the, the thing that I will say though uh-huh. is you do have to do certain things for people that have a higher net worth than those that don't. There are certain planning aspects that come into play for somebody that's got a net worth of $3 million or versus somebody that's got a net worth of a couple of hundred thousand dollars. They own a house and they've got a little IRA. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But there's different things from a planning point of view that you need to, to look at and make sure that, that they're getting done. If he's really doing planning, if he does retirement planning, then mm-hmm. he needs to be talking about the five parts of planning. And that's just income and expense, you know, cash flow management, there's tax planning, there's risk management, which is just insurance. There's the investment planning and the legacy planning, the estate planning component of this. Uh, and the more money you have, the more, most of the time, the more attention you need to pay to all of those aspects to make sure that you're actually doing something. Makes sense. It, Make, you know, I mean, you, you have more money, you need to consider more things and, and probably have a more complete picture that's a little more complicated than yeah, someone would, that doesn't have that much money. I would think initially, you know, just thinking that necessarily at a speciality, but just leaning on taxes and estate planning would just be a natural assumption anyway, because you've got bigger dollar amounts to deal with. You know, if you've got somebody that's oh, yeah. over $10 million, that changes yeah. things quite a, quite a bit, obviously. Yeah. It, yes, absolutely. So okay. that's, it's, it is something that you want to make sure that they really truly do. And it's just not a marketing ploy because it's 
being spun as a marketing play. Which so is great. those gonna, five they, they components. Wanna, they want to work with the people they want to work with, and right? I and that's totally fine. What they yeah. want. And yeah. what were what were those five components again? Well, there's cash flow management. There's risk management, which is having the right kind of insurance. Mm-hmm. There's tax planning. There's investment planning and legacy planning, the estate plan part. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you out a little bit with that email question. Aaron, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you as always. And uh, folks, if you again, if you'd like to submit your own question, go to PellettonCapital.com, P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N Capital.com. And Charles is a fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving you here in the Arizona area. And you can reach out to him if you need to as well at 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. If you've got questions or concerns, as always, anything you hear on our show or any other, you should always check with a qualified professional before you take any action off of something that you hear on this podcast again or any others as it relates to your specific situation because financial choices matter. And that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. Charles, thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time. I hope that uh, you and the missus are having a lovely, lovely spring. We are. Thank you, Mark. And I look forward to doing this the next time with you. All right. I will see you coming up in April here on Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.